Hi, this is Jack Tester. Welcome to another episode of Leadership Lounge. I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I'm looking across my desk at Jody Peter. How are you doing, Jody? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Sun's shining, and it's nice and warm. Awesome. Well, Jody is a longtime business coach here at Nextar, full-time employee since 2008, and I've known you probably since 2000, maybe, 2001. I think that sounds about right. So I've yeah. known you a long time. And I remember when you were a service manager at an air conditioning business in Los Las Vegas. That's Good when memory. I first met you. Yes. All right. Anyway, we're, we're thrilled that you're here at Nextar, and we're thrilled that you're going to get to share a little bit, because you've got a fascinating journey on how you got into this business and what you've done, because you are really a respected business coach here at Nextar, and you've had an amazing career in this industry. And I'll say that your career has been atypical, because one, uh, you started at the lowest level of this industry, and we'll talk about that, and a female. And what is always been male-dominated, um, less so today, but for sure when you started. That I first, would agree with that, absolutely. Statement? So tell us how you got in this industry, Jody. Tell us about that. So kind of interesting because I had an opportunity, a, a friendly co-friend, however you like to say that, um, mutual friend uh-huh. um, that I knew that told me about a husband and wife that were operating an air conditioning service business and they needed some administrative help. Okay. So I started working for them part-time in high school. Um, doing data entry, sat in a folding chair for four hours, punching the computer. No That's way. where it started. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. And so, um, but this is part-time in high school. Did you go, you graduate high school? What happened then? I graduated high school with the aspiration of becoming a veterinarian. I was going to go to vet school. Did you love dogs, that I know. I absolutely do. Got two right now. Love right. them, love them. Okay. Um, but that was the goal, uh-huh. was to go to vet school. And, okay. uh the company that I worked for gave me some opportunity to send me to some vocational cl- classes, took some accounting classes, um, and every time I mastered something new, I got another raise. And I thought, you know, this is a, a pretty cool place to be, okay. working for some great people, and uh, put college and that career to the side and pursued, not really knowingly or intentionally pursuing an HVAC career, but decided I was going to stay a little longer. Maybe yeah. I should put off college a little bit longer. Okay. So you decided, oh, college someday maybe. Yes. But right now I'm, I'm making some money, a young lady living in Las Vegas. Is that right? That's right. And right. I, I love the people that I worked for and the opportunity to learn something that I really didn't know a lot about. So you started really in the, I hate to call it the back office, but kind of the, the office side of this business. Right? And that's kind of where it started. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I had the opportunity to learn more and more about the administrative side, went through pretty much every gamut of those features, um, from data entry to more managing maintenance agreements to doing invoicing and uh, deposits and eventually doing a lot of the accounting, um, all of the aspects of the back office. Oh, that's interesting. I d- you know, I really didn't know that's what you did. All these years, I'm not, I, I don't know that I... That I, I visualize you someone who's entering invoices. Uh, yeah. I understood, yes. Yeah. But that's where it all started. Yeah. I'm not a real detail guy, and that doesn't sound awesome to me, but I know it's important work. I know right. it's really important work, right? So you started there. That's very cool. So what happened next? So uh, the business changed, and the owner and wife decided to retire, sold the business to what was then the service manager. Okay. And... He had come to me, and he says, I really want you to be my new service manager. All right. And I thought to myself, 
wow, that's a total new opportunity, something that I had never really considered myself doing. Uh-huh. And basically what he said to me is, this was on a Friday. He says, I want you to think about it. He says, you're already doing a lot of the work now because I had assumed a lot of that responsibility in the transition when the, new, the ownership changed hands. And he says, you're doing a lot of it now. I know that you can take it all on. I want you to think about it. Well, let's talk about it on Monday. And I went home and thought, well, if he thinks I can do it, why don't I think I can do it? Okay. So I came back on Monday and told him yes. Figured, why not? Give it a shot. Um, And was in the service manager role for, I don't know, seven or eight years before he offered me a position as a VP. So it was that what I found was the administrative and back office that I learned helped me to really understand the whole gamut of the operations on the service side Mm -hmm. and understanding the importance of how all of those pieces fit together. Okay. So, So many service managers come at it from a technical side. Correct. Right? Supporting the guys in the field, being a troubleshooter, being the ace guy on the phone, helping these guys wade through diagnostics and all that stuff, right? Correct. And you you couldn't do any of that, could you? Or very little of it. There's an advantage to that. Tell me why. Because when you can't do, you manage. Okay. If you can put on the tools, jump in a truck, and go out and run a call, that's what happens when when things gets, get really busy. Uh-huh. If you can't do that and you don't have the ability to do that, it forces you to stay home and manage. That's an awesome perspective, and I get that's true. I get that. So you had the benefit of understanding the importance of the back office and how those pieces kind of work from the field into the office. Right. And you understood how that worked and how important, I'm going to use an over paperwork is and all that other stuff right? Right. that service managers tend to deal with. I mean, I've never been a service manager, but I, I can't tell you how often I've sat in the back of a service meeting, you know, as a visitor or as a you know, whatever. And the service manager invariably talks about paperwork or time cards or getting it right. Not in a good way, right, No, Jack? no. It's never, I want to tell you, we had 100% completion rate. I've never heard that. Right. Right. So the, the, it's always a struggle, right? So, uh, but you kind of understood the importance of it. So you, you probably elevated it in importance, obviously. But uh, so interesting. So you didn't have the technical background and you were a female. Correct. Still are. I remember getting a phone call from a customer one time. Okay. Asked for the service manager. I picked up the phone, introduced myself, and the customer said, oh, well, I asked for the service manager. I expected a male on the phone. I said, well, my mom kind of expected a son, too, but this is what you got. What can I help you with? <laughs> so uh, what, did you, what did you see as the disadvantages and the advantages of your gender as it relates to that role? Because, you know, you weren't a service manager today. That was, you know, just... Back a ways, right? So tell me about that. I mean, I think that there's advantages in terms of, I think, females inherently are more, at, there's more attention to detail, if I'm going to be honest. Um, so the details I'm of offended, the, by the way. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> go um, ahead. No, go ahead. Not just on the administrative side, but the customer experience side, right? Our, our typical customer is the female in the household, and that's who you're dealing with. Right. And the ability to relate to those people and understand how the female, you know, is experiencing the service, yeah. I think, is important. So it brings that perspective into it. Um, there's definitely disadvantages. I mean, I could tell you a million stories about things where technicians tried to teach me a thing or two. Um, Would you like to share any of them? I mean, is this like technical teaching? Like, oh, little girl, you don't oh, know Oh, like the how this first works. time I... Uh, 
did a ride along. Okay. So as a service manager, that's an important component. I believe live and die by the fact that you have to one-on-one coach and, yeah. and do ride-alongs. That's, that's where the rubber meets the road. Right. And I remember putting that process together. There wasn't really any you know, formal ride-along what process. What year was this about? <sighs> this is pre-Nextstar. This is pre-me oh, yeah. oh, pre yeah. meeting you. Yeah, this is... 20 years ago, okay. 18 years ago, maybe. Okay. Um, put the ride along schedule together. Everybody knew when they'd be riding with me, and the technicians were driving cargo vans at the time. And pretty stripped down, vinyl seats, vinyl headliner, vinyl floor, vinyl everything. And uh, the technician thought he was going to prepare his truck rather well, get it all cleaned up for me. And, yeah. And uh, he decided that he was going to vinyl everything or armor all everything on the inside that he could possibly touch, including the little threshold strip where you get into the Put van. Put your foot on it. Yeah. Right. So I go to get in the van, and I pretty much all but fell into the driver's side of the van oh, when I got no. into the passenger side because everything was so slippery. So I got out of the vehicle. And I walked around to the other side, and I told him, I hope you're really happy over there, because that's where you're sitting. <laughs> I'm going to drive. <laughs> did, you, did you do that, really? Oh, I did. did I you? did. But but that's where, you know, as a female, I, I don't believe that they would have ever done that to a male. They were testing my ability to lead that team. And that was almost a turning point in my role in that business, because they then realized I was kind of the real deal, that I was... I was going to push back when needed, and I was strong enough to handle what they had to dish out to me. So there wasn't a whole lot after that. Um, there was a couple of events like that. Yeah. But uh, I think everyone, regardless of gender, you have to earn your team's respect. Right. And your ability to be able to earn the respect, I think, is is pretty critical. And how did you do that? How did you earn their respect? Talk about that, because you know, some people think that might be, you know, staring down the bully or you know, talking back to the owner or th- what did what did that mean how did it, so describe that to well, me well for me a, a lot of the technicians tested me because for the people that don't She's know me her eyes right I'm 53 on a good day right? right and if you can imagine the day that this little girl gets announced that they're a service manager to a team of people and they just at the time, and I think maybe some of that still happens today, yeah. that they kind of sit back and go, yeah, right. Okay. So they don't believe that I had what it took to do the job. And regardless of gender, I think that people still face that. They do. That, you know, you walk into a business, maybe new to the business, and your team thinks, yeah, right. You know, because yeah. they don't know anything about you. Yeah. And you have to really... For me, I had to get in the trenches with them. I had to climb up on roofs. You know, that was another story. They're taking pictures and sending them to their buddies, you know. Of Jody on a of roof? Of Jody on a roof because they didn't think I would do it. Um, your ability to be able to relate to them and, and really understand what they do every day. Because these guys work hard. Yeah. Air conditioning specifically is a tough job. I'm from Vegas. Yeah. It's 115 degrees in July. And it's, what, 140 on some of these roofs. Yeah. Yeah. So you you have to let them know that you appreciate the work that they do and sincerely them to understand it, not for just for you to say it. Right. You have to live it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And that was a big part of 
uh-huh. my success right. in being their leader and them accepting me. So, you know, I would say that many service managers might feel that their tech, technical expertise is what will create the cred for them in that role. There's a little bit of that. So how did, so what would you say about that? Because you didn't, I mean, you were, you know, you had, I'll say this. You were proficient at the roles that you played in the business, and I imagine that repetition reputation came with you into the service manager role. Hey, we know Jody. She's, you know, I heard she's a crackerjack in the office, whatever. I'm assuming that had happened. You know, then all of a sudden, you're now you're the service manager, right? Right. So what would you say to a, a, a really technically proficient service manager as a way for them to earn respect? What would you tell them? That is a great question. Um, I would say that the technical expertise is secondary to your ability to lead and manage the department. Okay. okay. Um, for me, you know, people might be wondering, well, how did you face the technical aspect? And I had to have somebody that I could trust. Right. That knew the technical side of, of the equation very, very well. I had to have somebody in my corner that I could lean on for that. Right. So you weren't getting buffaloed or something, right? Right, right. But if you think about the, the service management specifically, yeah, you got to fix stuff. And I don't want to mitigate the, your ability to have to be able to fix stuff. Mm-hmm. But you have to fix the customer first. Okay. And that's the number one priority is the customer experience okay. and making sure that you're managing that customer experience. Okay. And then, again, the technical side of it kind of takes not a backseat, but it's second yeah. to fixing the customer. Got it. Got it. So that's what. So you'd, you'd say that, that if you are technically proficient and you get tapped on the shoulder to be a service manager, you know, what got you there is not going to get you to the next spot. That's a great way to say it. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yep. And so often we see a, a service manager get into that spot where they, they've always been the guy that can get it done, and they keep trying to do that, kind of be the answer guy, the fix-it guy, the do-it-themselves guy, the non-delegate guy, and then they get swamped. Right? You have to take off that technical hat yeah. and put on your leader hat. Right, right. Not to say that you can't take out that technician hat every once in a while. Right. It's kind of nice if that's what you've been trained to do. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, to still be able to do that, but that's not the primary function. Well, it's fascinating because I, I know that when I met you, you were a very successful service manager for a business that I was part of, um, which, which had a location in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of female managers. We didn't certainly didn't have a lot of female service managers. I don't know about how many I've met. Not a lot, even at this point in my career. Right. So it's kind of very atypical, right? A little bit. Yeah, not a lot of us out there. no. No, even to this day, you know. So, um, and I'm going to come back to that question in a minute, but okay. I want you, you to keep going. So what happened? You're a service manager. What happened next in your career? So kind of an interesting turn of events. Um, the, the business was part of uh, a different organization, and clearly they were going a different direction. And after 19 years with that company, I decided yeah. it was probably time to move on. Okay. Um, actually took a job for three months outside the industry. And I, I found myself a little lost. Oh. Um, you know, I had this experience that I wasn't using, and I thought after 19 years it was time to do something new, and I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> so, But, you know, if you never did that, maybe you'd always be wondering. Correct, you know? correct. I think that there was definitely some advantages to that, but I got a phone call um, 
while you're in the uh, midst of this three month correct okay got a phone call from uh, a guy that had been a technician that had worked for me that had gone to work running another company he had developed some health issues and couldn't work in the heat anymore and he called me and he says i heard you're you're available well, I didn't really think I was available. I have this job, but then I realized I'd really like to get back into the industry. So I went to work as the service manager for that company. Okay. And then uh, not not long after that is when you and I met, Jack, uh-huh. if you remember. I do. I do. And uh, that that employee was transferred to another location, and I was offered the general manager position of that branch about the time that you became our regional manager. So yeah. that's when you and I met. Yes. Yes. I remember that transition, right? So you became a, a general manager. Now, I'll just talk for a minute because you were awesome at it. You were Thank a great you. general manager. You know, um, at that point in my life, I was a regional vice president for a national service company. And, and uh, you know, we always had issues with certain locations. And, I, you know, so I always spent a lot of time traveling to those locations that had issues. And uh, your your business never had issues. I, I I went there out of duty, out of obligation. <laughs> I know you didn't like it, but I'd show up. But it wasn't because you know I felt like I had to do anything important. Other well, that's than, good to know. Other than kind of make sure you knew you were appreciated, and you know if you had a question, I'd help you with it. But you didn't have many, and if you did, you had an answer. So, um, so you did a great job as a general manager. Thank you, thank right, you. Right. So tell us what happened next. So fast forward many years later, um, we well, I was asked by the, the corporate office to provide some companies that we frequently competed against. And, you know, of course, they were on the acquisition mode band, okay. bandwagon there. Um, and they purchased another company um, that was one of, the, of our biggest competitors. Yeah. And... Uh, it kind of changed the face of things where I was I was just really looking to leave. Yeah. And uh, I remember calling one of my uh, coworkers at another branch who coincidentally was still in pretty good contact with you. And the next thing I know, I got a phone call from you. So Awesome. So then you're, no, that, that, that brought you to the next door. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, exactly. Well, again, you've done a great job here for sure. Um, but I want to go back, and, and you know, so many people start in this industry at an entry level. I mean, everybody virtually does, unless you're, you know, born into the business or something like that. But you started at what couldn't be a lower level, at least at the time, and it's not a bad level. It's not. It's just a long way from being a business coach at Nexstar. Correct. You started as a data entry clerk in high school. How come you did it? How come you went from that position to where you are today? Part of it was my own motivation. Why? Wanting to, well, that's a great question, why? Um, I worked for a company that, or for people, the husband and wife couple that originally owned this company. Um, The wife, personally, was a big mentor of mine. She really, really enjoyed enriching others, teaching them watching them grow. Um, I never asked for a raise. I was always just given one. They saw my accomplishments as I was making more and more strides and accomplishing more and more things. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be fortunate to work for somebody that really enjoyed seeing that in her people. Okay. 
and I can't say in her employees because she didn't have a lot of employees. The business changed hands before it really grew, and there were a lot of employees. But um, I'm fortunate to have somebody that was willing to mentor me that way. And what did she tell you? What 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 was the? It wasn't about her telling me. It was okay. about her pulling up a chair. Let me show you how to do this. Okay. I I want you to know how to do this, and. I've mastered a lot of things along the way, and every time I mastered something else, I was financially and emotionally rewarded for it. Oh, okay, and so there's financially and emotionally rewarded, so yes. thank you so much, Jody. Yes. You're just doing awesome, and, and here's an extra whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I felt appreciated. Okay. Number one thing why people stay with companies is they have to feel appreciated, okay. and they have to feel like the work that they do for the company matters, right. and I felt both of those things. That's awesome. The money wasn't really the reason. It was just kind of a buy, uh, icing on the cake. Yeah. You know, why I stayed. And because I was given a lot of opportunity over the years, I felt, I don't know if obligated is the right word, oh. but I felt loyal. Yeah. Felt loyal to them. Felt like I wanted to stay. Why do I want to pursue something that's kind of unknown? Right. Um, interestingly, amongst all of that, I actually went to interior design school, graduated oh. from that. But, but while you were working at this company at first? I did. So you weren't going to be a vet, now you're going to be an interior designer. Exactly, okay. I pursued that um, and went on one job interview and decided I couldn't leave them. I couldn't leave this company that I had been with for maybe five years at that point in time oh, because so cool. of the loyalty that they created yeah. in me for wanting to stay. So... You know, if I were to give members any piece of advice at all, it's make sure that you, you know, show the appreciation in your employees and make them feel like the work that they does they do matter because yeah. that's what makes people stay, right. not the money. Right. Everybody thinks it's the money. Right. It is better with cheddar, however. It I mean, is. Uh, don't get me that, wrong. Right. We all need the money. We all work for a right. living. We all have, you know, families to take care of, but yeah. it's not the main reason. I get it. I get that for sure. But so many people, I, I'm just going to say this again. It was just as simple as someone rolling a chair up next to somebody and saying, let me show you how to do that. I'm thinking there's, there's people listening to this. I do this all the time, and I don't, I'm not producing the next Jody Peter here, right? So right. What, what else? What else is, what is it? Is there something that clicked with you? I mean, you know, for myself, Jody, you know, it, it, I, I kind of halfway through my life for a long time. I was given a lot. And I didn't really strive a lot. And then when I got to be in my late 20s, I kind of looked back and said, what am I doing? And then I met Frank, and then I got serious, and something clicked, and I didn't want to be, for lack of a better word, a half-ass anymore. So something clicked with me. And I don't know if there was a moment that, that, that if something happened with you, because you, you, you are a much younger woman than I was. I mean, I'd, I'd limped along. I don't know decade. that there was a moment. I don't, I don't remember but... a moment, but just a, an era. Uh, well, I will tell you that um, one thing that motivates me a lot, or and especially then, was because this is a male-dominated industry and I'm a female in this industry, Okay, I'm going to show those boys that girl can do it. Okay. <laughs> so that was part of it. Now we're getting someplace. That was part of it. All right. All right. So you got a little bit of a little chip on your shoulder, a little something to prove. A little bit. A little bit. Even if it wasn't to them, maybe to me. To myself, I prove to right. myself that I could do it. Because you've never been a, you know, I've worked with you w- alongside you a long time, and I've never fe- felt 
any kind of weird competition or none of the yeah i think I it's more internally than okay. than anything else that you know if guys can do this why can't i because i had a guy that believed in me right that came to me and said i want you to be my service manager and i didn't think i could do it and if he believed i could do it why didn't i okay. so if i can do that what else can i do right right so it, i'm only limited by myself that's awesome that's awesome. So, so did you have when you first started this role of service manager? Um, you were tested. It was new. Did you have these periods of just massive doubt, self doubt? Did you? How did you get through them? Did you? How did you pep talk yourself, or didn't you? Or did did you just flip the the switch and I can do this damn thing and I'm going to do it? I think there was a little bit of the flip of the switch because there weren't females in this industry that I could lean on for that kind of, you know, emotional support or whatever. Um, if, if I were to do it all again, I think I would lean more on the people that I did have as resources okay. because there was a little bit of, well, if I ask, it might be a sign of weakness. Oh, boy. That's a that's an isolating thought, isn't it? It kind of is. Yeah, but you I get know, it. Right? I've had a lot of great mentors in my life, and if I had to do it all over again, I would lean on more of them. That's an awesome piece of advice. You know, I remember when we first started Nextar. I remember George said, "Well, maybe we should survey the member George Brazil." This was in our very first few months. Maybe we should survey the members on what they want. And I said, "Well, if we do that, George, they'll think that we don't know what we're doing." And Interesting. George, and George was sitting with dinner with George and Frank, and, and George looked to Frank and said, D, are you hearing this? And Frank said, I'm listening. And I, rem- I remember the conversation like it was yesterday because I felt the same way. Like, right. I have to know. No, why in the wide world of sports would a 30-year-old or whatever age you were would have all the answers as a service manager? How, right. how, how, how should we even think that should be the case? And in my case, you know, really outgunned too, right? But you feel that way. You kind of do, yeah. You do, and it's mm-hmm. very isolating. And I'm going to tell people listening here, it's very isolating. And you may not even realize you're thinking that way. No, so don't do it, right? Because <laughs> you just brought back that memory for me, too, you know, which is, which is fascinating, right? So you're, you're, you have these, these, these doubts. You would have leaned on mentors, but you didn't lean on mentors. So how did you get through it? Just get through it? Internal strength, yeah, just unwilling to not succeed okay there's something interesting got to play to win not to not lose okay so now we got something else now so now it's you know people believed in you came alongside you this this the wife of the first owner the service manager that asked you to come board and do his old job and then you've got this if the boys can do it i can do it kind of thing then you've got this whole win thing is that right? That would I think that's accurate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I like to win, and there's a competitive streak in me that doesn't like to lose. Well, what, what, what's to lose? What does that mean? I've heard that all the time, and I just sometimes I think, what does that mean? Does it mean who are you competing against? What's what's not losing? Well, there's a lot of different aspects of that, right, Jack? I mean, I'm, I'm, from, just, I'm just asking another question from a service manager. You know, am am I hitting my goals every week, every month? Okay. Um, 
Am I working as hard as I can with each of my employees to help them, okay. you know, win and contribute to the overall department win? Or am I focusing on the guys that are the technicians that are doing well because they're more pleasurable to be around and they're a vote of confidence versus, yeah. versus working with Joe over here that may be struggling and he's a downer and yeah. he's, the sky is falling and you got to play to win. Okay. And working with everyone that needs your inspiration and your leadership and not saying, okay, it's great that I've got a, a handful of technicians over here that are exceeding their goals, yeah. making up for the guys over here that aren't meeting you know, their contribution. Right. You want everybody to win. Yeah. And that means everybody's doing their part and everybody knows uh-huh. what they need to do to contribute to the overall win of the company or the department. Yeah. What's fascinating as I've been listening to you is that I don't hear anything about you. It's not about me. Well, that's interesting, <laughs> though, right? Because I know you, you're your mother, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah, at least at this time, I think you would have had a young daughter. Is that right? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, and so often I hear I do it for my family, I do it for my this, and that's and those are all drivers, right? But this has all been. You know, so much of the conversation, and, we, and believe me, before we did this, we didn't sit here and talk about what we wanted to say. We just said, hey, I want to talk about your journey. You're now, right. Now you're talking about technicians, and you're talking about company goals, and you're talking about mentors in your life. And I, I just I just want to point out that thread that, you know, you definitely have a, a, a company and a other person view of success that probably contributes to what your success. I'm just... That's probably part of it. I'll be honest, Jack. When, when when you brought me on at Nextar as a business coach, yeah, there was a small part of me that wondered, "Am I going to miss running a business?" Yeah, the excitement, the challenges, the day to day, the ever changing, um, and I I really was a little there was a little concern, for lack yeah. of a better word, "Am I going to miss running a business?" And I very quickly learned that that's not the case, that my reward comes from seeing others succeed. And that yeah. sounds cliche, um, but that's what gives me a lot of, a lot of pleasure. Yeah. Did you, did, let me tell you that, that it does sound cliche because so many people say it that I don't think really mean it. I know you mean it. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you have to get your head there someday, or did, 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 was it always that way? Meaning, no. can you go from being, for lack of a better word, selfish, to being about team and others? in your transition? I don't want to speak for others. I can only speak for myself. Okay. And for me, it was always that way. Okay. Damn it. I was, <laughs> hope, I was hoping I get some advice here to help me, I mean, help others. I mean, not me. There's some personal satisfaction. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That right. happens in every role. And I think anybody that says that that doesn't exist, they're probably lying. Right. Um, there, You have to get personal satisfaction out of what you do. But how you get there is individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me... It's about, I enjoy mentoring others. Yeah. I enjoy teaching them the good and the bad because I'm really good about sharing my successes, but I'm just as good about sharing what not to do. Okay. Let me tell you why you shouldn't do this. Okay. At least for me, this is why it didn't work. Yeah. And I share that. Yeah. Um, and had I had more people that would have shared that with me, whether it was me not reaching out or them not giving, yeah, right. Um, there, I think there was a lot of learning lessons that I might have missed along the way. Okay, um, it's a whole lot easier to 
know ahead of time before you dive into the pool right. what not to do, you know, right. or what to what the risks might be or what to think about. Um, and helping people with that is really rewarding. Yeah. Well, I get that. I get it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, what, what you know, as, we, as we've been talking here for 32 minutes, and it's been awesome, Jody, thank you again. Um, you go back and, and you've got a, a young person that's, that's starting in the business, um, and they're not starting with, a, you know, a, they're not the son and daughter of an owner. They're an entry-level person like yourself. Male or female, but maybe you can think about females. Um, give, us, give them some counsel. That's a, that's a great offer here. Um, not everyone's going to have the mentor that I had. The woman that pulled up the chair and said, let me teach you how to do this. Okay. You but got if, lucky there. I did. Bit. You got I did. lucky. There's not a lot of people out there like that. Um, and knowing that, okay. if you're the person that wants to learn and grow, don't be shy about it. Ask, you mean. Tell. Don't. Tell. <laughs> you ask. laugh. You laugh. But, I don't laugh because I've been told many times by you. So uh, this is awesome. That's funny. Um, what I mean by that is I'm not going to ask you, Jack, can I learn from you? Yeah. Or, Jack, can you teach me how to do this? I would go to you and say, Jack, my desire is to eventually become the president of Nextar or the yeah. president of this organization or to be the service manager, help me get there. That's what I mean by tell. Okay. That you want. I would express that desire. Okay. Got it. So you'd be very intentional. I wonder if young people even think that way, but maybe they do. Well, I know that a lot of the young people, you know, my daughter's 25 at the moment. So yeah. I see, you know, her friends and whatnot and they, they have a tendency to sit back and wait Yeah. and wait for somebody to approach them. Right and say, I see something in you, or yeah. what have you. Um, and, and that's a double-edged sword, too, because as a business owner, if you go to your employees and say, hey, I think you'd be great at this, well, what, what's the risk that could happen? They could say, well, all right, I guess I better do that. And in the back of their mind, they're saying to themselves, yeah. If I say no, I'll be perceived as not a team player. I might not get another opportunity. Um, this isn't really what I want to do, but I better say yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, as an owner, if you go to your employees and, and self-select people and say you'd be really good at this, there's a big risk there. Yeah. Because what if somebody takes a job and they don't do well and they leave? Then yeah. you lose somebody good in the process. Um, but, you know, I the other side you, of I that. I still think you should do that, though, as an owner. Oh, absolutely. I That's why I was saying it's a double-edged sword yeah. because the other side of that is you, you could be mentoring somebody that right. could do great things. Right. I think you have to be careful in your language. Okay. That you don't put somebody in a spot where they feel bad about saying no if that's truly what they want. Got it. Got it. So you gotta, it's got to be a, a real invitation, not a directive. Correct. you got to mean it. Or an inquiry. Yeah. You know, would you ever be interested in this? Yeah. Or have you ever thought about that? Yeah, there's no wrong answer, but I'm right. asking you a question. Exactly. Right, that kind of thing. And mean it, though. Yeah. Right. Of course, it's hard to, because, you know, as an owner sometimes, or as a leader, you're like, man, it would really be cool if this person would take this on. Right. I really want them to. Right. I want it more than they do. How do I make it their idea? Da, da, da. Right? Yep. Yeah, I get it. So you'd say, for your advice to a young person is uh, tell. Tell what you want. Ask for help to get there. Yes. And take every bit of mentorship you have the opportunity to. Um, 
because it will serve you well regardless. You, when you learn, you grow. Yeah, that's awesome. What else? What else could you tell? A, a, maybe a young female. Is there something different you would say is the same, the same message? I have to say this is not a gendered organization anymore. I have more members than I can count that I, that I coach that have female technicians. Right. So it's not just management. It's not just leadership. Um, it's still male-dominated by, by every evaluation, but yeah. um, it's changing. It's, sure it's, it is. It's not unusual to see females in this industry any longer. No, not at all. It feels good. Well, 25 years ago, 26 years ago, when we had a super meeting, you know, there'd be a handful of wives there. Right. Right. That were active in the business. Right. Now, it's like, I don't know what percentage is, but it's, it's a large. Big, it's yeah, a it's big, big percentage, which is awesome, right? And, of course, our businesses have grown, and, and there's roles in our businesses that didn't even exist 26 years ago, marketing manager, call center, that, that those positions didn't didn't right. even exist, right? There wasn't one. Now there's hundreds of them, yep. which is awesome, right? Not to mention the traditional positions like you had, service manager, install manager, those roles right. that, that were here 50 years ago and will be here 50 years in the future, right? So that's awesome. It's awesome. Well, any other words of advice here, Jody? This has been great, by the way. I don't know that I have any other words of advice other than play to win. Don't play to not lose. Very cool. Well, Jody, I've known you for a long time, and you do not play to not lose. I can assure you that. And thank you for all you've done for this industry. Thank you for the example you have, you've set. Because, you, you know, there's a lot of people that you haven't met that see you uh, at super meetings and different events and look up to you in a lot of different ways. I know they do, because I do. So I know they do. And uh, that's awesome. You well, thanks a, for the opportunity a, to tell my story. Awesome. It's been fun. Thank you, Jody. All right, and thank you all for listening to this awesome edition of Leadership Lounge. If you ever see Jody Peter, go up and say hi. She's a wonderful person. She'll, you'll learn a lot from her. And uh, thank you all for listening to this edition of Leadership Lounge. This is Jack Tester, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>